This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I am Sarah Jane Case and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's podcast guest. But first, I need to let you know that we are officially in pre-order season for my new book, The Enneagram Letters. This is a book that I am so excited to finally get into your hands. It's poems and personal essays exploring the part in each of us that carries the pressure of each of the nine Enneagram types. Pre-orders are one of the most important parts of launching a new book. It tells bookstores to order it and helps me to get on exciting book lists that will get the book into more hands. It also comes with some really cool perks for you. We've designed a workbook with deep and thorough journaling prompts to help you process what you're reading, which is yours for free when you pre-order and anyone who pre-orders receives my self-typing workshop 100% for free. So if you are considering purchasing the Enneagram letters, please consider pre-ordering through a local bookstore or online wherever books are sold. It really does help me out significantly. All right, let's meet today's guest. Today we are speaking with Megan Dowd. Brand therapist Megan Dowd is a neurodiverse entrepreneur, business strategist, coach, and storyteller. With her Human First Biz Second approach, she is helping new and seasoned business owners build a better human connection with themselves and their clients, leaning into who they are and what they stand for. Megan is also the founder of the original Spicy Soapbox, where she candidly discusses an array of topics. When she's not helping entrepreneurs run their business seamlessly, you will find her drinking cold brew, cuddling fluffy cats, and eating plenty of snacks. Megan, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for this conversation. I am so excited too. I was telling you beforehand, I get so many questions about ADHD. And I just know so many people are going to be excited to have someone amazing who's doing a lot of really amazing things, who's also experiencing similar things as them just talking about what that looks like. It's it, it's going to be good. Judging by our yeah. pre-call banter, our pre-podcast banter. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Everybody buckle up. <laughs> um, so as you know, we start every episode with a rosebud and thorn. What are yours today? Uh, very simple. My rose is I had an everything bagel with more schmear than is recommended. And I don't care for breakfast. And you know, when the right breakfast just hits just right, Mm -hmm. it just, it sets such a good tone for the day. Oh, I'm, I I also love food. So there's that. Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> my thorn would be I'm I'm in the Pacific Northwest and we are in the midst of a brutal heat wave and mm-hmm. I do not have air conditioning. So oh, no. it's I am so hydrated I might float away. <laughs> and I'm so excited that this isn't on video because I'm a hundred percent in my skivvies. <laughs> I love that for you, a bagel and in your skivvies. What a day. It's it's a damn good morning, if I say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my bud would be that I, for my second business, Hello CEO, um, we are doing a little bit of a brand refresh. Uh, because we, I, it was DIY branding from the start, and now that we're mm-hmm. getting momentum going, uh, you know, just go polish it up a little. And I got the proposal, and I got the proposal two weeks ago. I have looked at it every day since. I Aww. can't stop looking at it. It feels like everything I wanted to DIY, but didn't have the skills nor capacity to DIY, mm. and. There's something so magical when you're working with someone who just nails visually what you word vomit at them. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Megan. I cannot tell you how many conversations, like back in the day when I was a business coach, I feel like Mm -hmm. almost every time my clients got their first draft back of their branding, they cried and were like, this is nothing like I thought it was going to be. And then they like had to go through the process of like getting their thoughts out into the world, you know, trying to like articulate what they're seeing in their brain Mm -hmm. to someone who cannot see inside of their brain. It's so hard. So it's amazing that you have like such a positive experience with that. Shout out to Nicole Yang of the Design Lab. I, she, our initial conversation, she was like, just, just word vomit. Just let every idea flow. I will sort through it all. And holy cats, I am... Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, I love that. Um, so Megan, how did you find the Enneagram? Ooh, like, I, what's your story? I I love personality tests. I grew up in a household mm-hmm. that was also very not anti-personality test, but any because like you know, in high school when you do like when you learn about Myers Briggs and stuff, my my folks are both food scientists, <laughs> so it's a very science-oriented house. And my dad w- would always say, it's only as useful as it is useful. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything. It is helpful if it is helpful. But if it doesn't make sense to you, you don't need to wedge yourself in. Yes. Which in in high school, I was like, no, you just don't understand my, <laughs> my aunt, which of course we do. Uh, and now I'm like, that is the best fucking thing I could have like that's the best advice Mm -hmm. I could have gotten um so a few years ago a dear friend Anna Voss of Anna Parade did a workshop for my for the uh membership that I run called the Connection Collective uh she did a human first workshop on the Enneagram and understanding your Mm -hmm. type and originally I was like "Ooh, yep done. I am, I'm a six. I identify as everything, but I'm a six. Mm A lot of conversations with a lot of friends. And my, a a dear friend pointed out like, Hey, you you might be a six, but also you have been in survival mode 
for the past five years uh, Mm -hmm. with for a very long story that we won't get into here, but uh, I survived. (laughs) Mm -hmm. My my dear sweet husband and I survived. And as we like to say, we, we still love each other, but we still like each other, which feels like the big win. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she was like, I don't think, I don't know what you are, but I don't think you're a six. I think, I think maybe you're in that nine, three, six try. I think you're just stressed. And then I did more digging with Anna and I was like, ooh, I think maybe I'm a four. And I felt okay mm-hmm. about that. And then last fall, Anna came and visited me and we we are in Portland. It is legal. We had a little bit of cannabis. <laughs> We're feeling good, feeling chill. Uh, where at, at my house, there's a, the previous owners built a magical secret garden of a backyard, including a concrete lava rock fire pit. So like we're surrounded by nature. We're feeling so good. We have a plate of snacks. We're chatting Enneagram and we're going through for each of us. And we both almost simultaneously have this revelation of, oh my God. I would rather be this type because if I actually let myself be vulnerable with myself, I don't like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't like how this tastes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, and her story is her story to tell. Mine was reading the, cause of course then we both went deep in the internet because that's how you figure (laughs) stuff out these days. And I read the social nine description uh, according to Beatrice Chestnut on Personality Cafe. Yes. And as I was reading it, it was this combination of, I, this sounds so dramatic, but it's true. I'm not broken. And oh no, <laughs> someone has seen my innermost and I don't care for that at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I'm not broken, but I'm exposed. Yep. That's exactly it. I'm not broken, but I am exposed and I do not care for this. Mm-hmm. And it was it was wild because I had never considered being a nine because in so many ways I look I don't look like the typical nine. Mm-hmm. But as you know, the social nine is the counter type. And mm-hmm. reading through all of that, it was like, oh boy, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's yep that that right there. Ooh, boy. All right, we're just gonna pull the curtain back on that one. <laughs> so that is the uh, a very long walk for a short drink of water to say it's been a journey, and it was only within the past you know six nine months that I really felt like I had come home to my type that I finally felt fully understood. And of course, there are parts of all the types in all of us. Like we were, no one can be boxed into a singular type, but the, the, the nine and specifically the social nine was the first time where I was like, oh no, this is, this is where I generally Mm -hmm. live. I might jump to other places, certainly. And I've got traits of others, but this social nine is, oof, there it is. Can I ask, well, first of all, Beatrice Chestnut's description of the social seven was my like aha moment. It was like my yeah. final nail in the coffin of like, I'm a seven, it's happening, um, <laughs> which I wanted to be a nine. So that's funny. Um, so 
With that in mind, I'm curious, like, how would you describe a social nine? They've heard me describe social nine in like my words a bajillion times, Mm -hmm. but I just love to hear how people describe themselves. Like what did resonated with you about it? The, the way I describe it is the, if, if we think of the, the, the other subtypes there as like one side of the coin, the social nine is the other side of the coin where the, we generally see nines as like pretty subdued, pretty introverted. And the social nine is on the other side, pretty outgoing. They're pretty extroverted. They're pretty energetic. They're, they can be charismatic. They, to other people might look like a seven or eight because they, mm-hmm. they enjoy the people, they enjoy the crowd. But when, when it comes down to, as it does with the Enneagram so frequently, like your deepest fear, the nine is driven by this need for connection and this deep, deep fear of being disconnected. And so in that mm-hmm. effort to maintain connection, even with the more extroverted, more energetic, they they numb out and they allow themselves a, even if they have, or think they have, good boundaries, they allow themselves to be pushed to the capacity that they have until that anger, stubbornness shoots out sideways, kind of like squeezing a balloon, like it's always going to pop out somewhere else. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so the nine at least, especially with a social nine, tends to look so amiable, so flexible, like absolutely what is best for the group? And then ev- eventually push it hard enough and it's going to pop out sideways. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious too, like I know social nines can sometimes really fall into work. Mm. What I know, and I know you started in like as an actor and now we're in the business mm-hmm. coach world. What's your work journey like? Long and varied. <laughs> I I spent about a decade as a professional actress and then all the odd jobs that come between shows. I worked at a bank as a teller. I worked at a bank as a loan processor. That one was super depressing wow. because it was processing loans on houses that had gone into bankruptcy and that was rough. Mm. Uh, (laughs) I worked as a paraprofessional. So I was an assistant to uh, teachers with, uh, for kids with learning disabilities or developmental disabilities. And it was a school that was primarily for kids with learning disabilities and developmental disabilities. And that was probably one of my favorite jobs. Mm -hmm. It, it really, and it really, in, in so many ways, sparked where I am now and understanding neurodivergence uh, and understanding learning disabilities because <laughs> we were in one of the classes that we had was called social skills. And wow. as I was, as I, the assistant who's like here to help wrangle kids and make sure that everyone is doing okay and they're safe and needs are being met. I'm like, where was this class for me? I want, how, is this how this works? <laughs> and that was my first like, hmm, maybe according to what we conceive of as neurotypical, I am not typical because social skills blew my fucking mind. 
Which, like, I'm sure it's in the title at this point, but you did end up kind of realizing that you were Mm -hmm. neurodivergent, right? Yep. A hundred percent. How did that happen? It it was a very long, slow process, as it is Mm. for many of us. Also, I mean, to bring it back to a nine, also makes sense for a nine. I take a lot of time to process. I need, I need the time. Give me the space. Mm -hmm. Give me the breathing room. Um, I, I started saying that I identified as neurodivergent in 2019, 2020, because I couldn't ignore, especially in the online business industrial complex, as I tend to label Mm -hmm. it. I didn't, I wasn't thinking the same way. I wasn't understanding things the same way. I could get to the same place. And I felt very confident when I was working with folks that like, no, we will, we're going to hit your goals. It's just going to look really different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. at first that was a point of like, oh, that obviously means I don't understand what I'm doing. And, you know, by Mm. 2019, 2020, I had really come to like, no, I do very much understand what I'm doing. I am just thinking about things in a radically different way, which I want to be clear. I don't mean in a thought leadership way of like, I had this new approach. It's just that Mm -hmm. when you're neurodivergent, your brain is just structured a little bit differently than what we understand as typical. Um, and so I, I really embrace neurodivergence as some, it, your brain is structured in a way that's just different from what we understand as the norm. And I had been diagnosed with clinical depression and anxiety and possible mild PTSD, all of which mm-hmm. affects not just your brain chemistry, but how, how your brain is structured and how it processes things. And then mm-hmm. right after it was actually during that same fire pit conversation where Anna and I had our complete minds blown over our new, but not new, our homecoming to our types. We started chatting about ADHD and I had, have had many friends who have ADHD. I, and the more I learned about it specifically, how it is missed in women between mm-hmm. that and the and the Enneagram 9, it really was this like, I am f- completely seen and vulnerable and I am excited and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a lot. This is a lot. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's true of – really, I think this is true for anyone who has a diagnosis that really illuminates, whether it's physical – or mental, emotional, intellectual, whatever, when you have a a major diagnosis, there's this sense of relief and mm-hmm. joy that accompanies it because I I'm being seen. I'm not broken. I I'm not shit at life. Mm-hmm. I there's a reason. There's a reason. And that's really helpful. But alongside that comes this wave of grief of how did no one see this? How did this get missed? What, how much, life is always hard, but how much easier could my life have been if this wasn't one of the hard things? Mm-hmm. And man, we we were talking before we hit record about just how, well, 
like how frustrating it feels to watch, especially in the online business world, watching people get one size fits all advice. Like this Mm. is how you do it. This is the way to do it. I'm going to like pay me this much money. And then like, you're going to get this method that's going to sell you this thing. And it's going to work for everyone the same exact way, the way it worked for me. And Mm -hmm. how many clients I've had in the past, back when I was coaching, who were like, I'm different. (laughs) I have ADHD or I have trauma or I have all of these experiences and and humans are so different. Mm -hmm. And and these ways that we cope and these things we come up with, ways that work for us, our Enneagram type, all of these things, make that, you know, one size fits all advice, not so easy to take. No, not at all. And And so then like you're, yeah. (laughs) No, no, please, please. (laughs) I was just going to, I was just going to say like, I I know I cut you off earlier um, when you were talking about your work journey and I would love to hear kind of how you got to doing what you do now and, and help the people at home know what it is that you do. And why you do so, it? I it it all started. Picture it, 2016. <laughs> uh, if you've watched Golden Girls, imagine me as Sophia. Picture it, 2016, <laughs> Cincinnati, Ohio. I had just completed yet another career. I had just completed my Stop Plotties certification. It is an international recognized school of Plotties. I was certified to teach beginner through advanced mat and reformer. I was pumped. And we were moving across the country to Cincinnati, Ohio for a what we called the Ohio experiment. My husband was taking a job at a university. It was only supposed to be for a year, and then it got to be a mandatory three years. That's a very long story, but we weren't happy about it, but we were going to make it work. <laughs> and so I started attempting to build an online Pilates business, and through initial business and branding courses that I took and meeting people, I really understood branding is like, this is basically theatrical production on a different, Mm. like in a different way, but like, this is just theatrical production. It's a combination of the like psychology and character studies to understand who and what and the, the need and what you're serving. But then there's also like the branding is (laughs) combo set design and promo materials. And instead of building my own business, I just kept helping others. Hello, Enneagram (laughs) 9. And (laughs) my dear sweet husband had a bit of a come to Jesus talk with me about a year and a half in because I Mm -hmm. I kept saying I wanted to build this Pilates business because that's what I said I was going to do. And I Mm -hmm. like to reach my goals. Mm-hmm. Except I didn't want to. Except I didn't want to really, because all I was doing was tweaking other people's logos. And I bought like mm-hmm. Photoshop and Illustrator, and it's like, well, just send me the file that you've got. And let me just oh, let me just do a couple of tweaks. Squarespace is so easy for me to use. Let just give me admin permissions. I'll just clean this up. It'll take me twenty minutes. <laughs> it would take you three hours. It sounds like it'll take me twenty minutes. Don't worry about it. You're having uh-huh. trouble with your copy. I love to write. Just give me. Just tell me a little bit of what you need that about page to say. And like, I'll just, I'll just deliver, like, I'll just pop it over. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. Did you know that's a real job? <laughs> you just started uh, a job and then you're like, oh, wait, I should, this is a job. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. that was 
my dear sweet sainted husburritos come to jesus talk was like hey i and bless him he is so supportive he was like i honestly do not care what you do for a job i want you to have a career that you love mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're aware that this is like this is a job that you're doing just for friends Mm-hmm. And then I had an existential crisis because I didn't have a degree in any of that, nor did I have a degree in <laughs> capital O, capital B, online business. Yeah. And oh. who among us that runs a business that is primarily uh, marketed and done digitally online uh, hasn't had that existential crisis? <laughs> 100%. Yeah. And so it was after that that I started Megan Has Good Words. Uh, which was originally a placeholder name. And then I was like, I, it's kind of cheeky. I kind of like mm-hmm. it. We're just going to leave it. And I was doing brand and copy and light web design. And what I referred to, what I what I created and referred to as narrative strategy, which is kind of combo messaging, marketing, core values, foundational stuff. It, it really lean deep into my love of theater, my background in theater, my love of storytelling, uh, and and especially my love of classical theater. Of uh, I, I studied classical theater with an emphasis on Shakespeare um, when I went to drama school in London, and it it allowed me to use all of those skills of parsing text, of digging into meaning, of digging into not just how one interpreted the words, but how do they feel in your body? How do they feel in your mouth? How does it change how we interpret those things? Uh, and I was having a blast and also thought like, well, I made up narrative strategy. So the real thing is brand copy and web design. Except once again, look at that helper, Megan. Uh, (laughs) I kept doing like three or four discovery calls where we'd be doing all this narrative strategy. We're digging into the core values, getting into the muck of it. And then I wouldn't Mm -hmm. end up booking the brand or copy job because by the time we got to that, they had realized that's not what they actually ever needed. Which kind of led me to where I am now, where it's the the broad stroke I, I tend to tell folks is I offer support for helping you build a better human first business. My whole thing is human first, biz second. If you are not, and that's two ways. If you're not serving the mm-hmm. human behind the business and the human in your audience, mm-hmm. what are you, I mean, at that point, you're, I mean, this is probably a little drastic, but I'll say it. At that point, you're no better than Bezos. <laughs> like you're just exploiting, right, like, right. which is what we've all been taught. Yeah. Like, and on the other hand, like we've all—that's what we've been taught to do. That is the American dream. How mm-hmm. can you exploit labor to your advantage? Yeah, and we can absolutely explore our own labor, in my opinion. Oh, a hundred percent. It was actually something I posted on Instagram the other day. I I reposted something from Toy Marie, who, if you don't follow her already, highly recommend. Um, oh, sweet. And she, she had posted something about, about how we have, in the United States, grown to understand exploitation as success. And mm. I, of course, was like, I want to take this a step further. Let's talk about this with the human first biz second lens and point it out mm-hmm. if you're exploiting your own labor or mm-hmm. that of your contractors, you cannot... One, you cannot call yourself a human first business because that's not how that works. You are included Mm -hmm. in the human first. And also 
while I love an, an anti-capitalist manifesto, <laughs> we are still operating in late stage capitalism. If you run a business, yeah. you still have to operate within that system. The question mm -hmm. is, where can I buck the system? Where can I say, okay, the system is built for me to make a shit ton of money this way. I refuse to make it this way. <laughs> and yeah. I had someone, I had a couple of people actually DM me and be like, hold up, exploitation of my labor? What? <laughs> I don't, huh? <laughs> I was like, yep, mm -hmm. I, yep. It, I don't like it. Mm -hmm. I don't like it any more than you do. And I'm, and I even said to one person, I'm writing that as someone who very transparently hasn't paid myself in the last few months because I've been paying mm -hmm. my contractors because there are things I don't want to stop. Mm -hmm. There's support that I don't want to stop. So that's the choice I have to make. But yeah, at the moment I am exploiting my own labor and I don't like it, but the, the, the healthiest thing I can do with this human first lens is be aware of it, is to call mm -hmm. it out, to be transparent about it and to say, you know what? It's I still have to work within this system, so it it's never mm -hmm. going to be perfect. This is where I am right yeah. now, and these are the ways that I am working hard to change that for the future. And the and and always keeping in mind that I view this as temporary and not the norm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it it's so hard sometimes to hold that tension mm -hmm. of I am not in support of the society that we're building or like that has been built mm -hmm. and we're still living in it. And in order to survive, there are things that we will have to do that, you know, help us. But like, how do we find the most ethical way to be in a society that we deem unethical? Yeah. And, and I think I, I love that you use the word tension because it is, and it is tension and, and truly one of the, now I'm going to bring it right back to the Enneagram. One of the things that oh. <laughs> that the Enneagram has helped me with, that understanding my Enneagram and understanding that I have ADHD has been understanding tension. Mm. Understanding how I cope with tension, how I feel tension, and how I can recognize what is self-manufactured through preservation instincts and what mm -hmm. is tension I have no control over? What is the tension that I can say, okay, I acknowledge you, you're here. Also, you're not mine to deal with. Mm -hmm. Which isn't to say that you ignore it, but you can say like, okay, I see you, you're here. Uh, do you need Do you need a juice box? Maybe some goldfish crackers? Need a little snack, little nap? I, I can't do anything. <laughs> it's, that's generally how yeah. I advise clients to think of their, <laughs> their inner critic or imposter syndrome. Like it's a cranky toddler. Give them, give them a juice box, give them some snacks, give them a comfy place to nap, remind them they're not alone. They're not going away, <laughs> but we can care for them in a similar way that we care for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like our, um, even like thinking of our Enneagram type as that cranky toddler, like who's like, oh, I'm feeling a little bit uncomfortable in the situation. So I'm going to just go ahead and like pitch, like kind of get heard and like yeah. get my needs met and the only way I know how and like the nine different ways that we do that, right? Like mm -hmm. I 
I go off and take care of myself and like escape and you're, you know, you're more likely to kind of listen to, you know, meet the needs of other people or listen, you know, make yourself smaller. Turn down Um, the Megan needs, turn up everyone else. (laughs) Yeah. It's fascinating to think of it as like, oh, this is like what scared little Megan does. This is what scared little Sarah Jane does. Like, oh, what does she need to hear to like soothe her right now? Like what is that's, I love the thought of it like that because it's, it takes away all of the one of the tensions I hold with the Enneagram is I don't want people to feel like they are projects that need to be tinkered with or fixed <gasps> or there's something wrong with them or that they're innately broken and that there's something that needs to be solved here and that they should constantly mm-hmm. be self-fixing. But at the same time, I do want them to feel safe to put down their Enneagram type and to operate in different ways and to allow themselves kind of a wider range of experiences mm-hmm. because it hurts to live out of our Enneagram type all the time. It doesn't always serve us or others. So I love that like compassionate self-soothing. It, it is, especially in, you know, capital T, capital U, capital T, these uncertain times, uh, it is one of the more powerful things that we can do, especially if we, especially as a nine, I see myself engaged Mm -hmm. externally with the causes that I am so passionate about. If I see myself Mm -hmm. engaging externally too much, so to speak, mm-hmm. that's usually my cue when I'm getting real worked up. Uh, if you follow me on mm-hmm. Instagram, you know I, I love a good spicy soapbox. <laughs> I love climbing on my spicy soapbox. And also in in the past year in understanding this type nine, I've really in many ways reined it in because and not stopped myself from a spicy soapbox, but depending on the moment, making a note of it because my spice isn't going away. <laughs> I will stay spicy. But depending on the moment going, oh, I'm getting spicy so that I can avoid my own feelings. Mm. Yeah, That's not doing as much as I want to mm-hmm. be of service, be a part of the revolution, be a part of change. That's actually not it. It feels like mm-hmm. it is because it's serving others. But I don't want to, nor should I, nor would I be expected to martyr myself for, for it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if, the, I mean, the minute you martyr yourself, the minute you are done and can't mm-hmm. continue to do good and continue to be a part of change. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Friends, if you know me, you know that I have to journal every single morning. This is the kindest thing that I can do for my mind. Journaling and meditating and just taking time to get my thoughts and my feelings out on paper and then center and calm my mind so that I can be less reactive and more aware throughout the day. This is so important because think about how well would you take care of your car if you had to keep the same one for your entire life? That's how our brains work. So why don't we treat them that way? How we care for our minds affects how we experience life. So it's important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. There are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language or taking power naps. There's also BetterHelp Online Therapy. 
therapy is probably the number one thing that I can attribute to my own mental health. Not even probably, it is definitely the thing I attribute to my mental health the most. Having someone to sit with me and talk with me about what's going on in my life, to help me process it and to think about it in new ways, look at it differently, connect it to other events that I'm having in my life. It is like a rapid pill for personal growth. And I have loved my experience with better help. Having access to my therapist whenever I need it, as soon as I need it, I, when crisis arises, my therapist is a, just a text message away. There is nothing like that feeling. Plus, you get paired with your therapist in under 48 hours. This is unheard of. Just being able to search for your therapist based off of their specialties and their credentials and then get paired with them so quickly so that if you find a therapist that's not quite a right fit for you, you can easily switch therapists to someone who's a better fit, which is so important because finding a good therapist is like dating. You need to shop around and find someone who you really click with. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat only therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com egram. That's B-E-T-T-E-R H-E-L-P dot com slash E-Gram. Thank you, BetterHelp, for supporting the podcast and my mental health. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And some of our Enneagram types love to be seen in Mm -hmm. the things that we are fighting for more for us than for the cause. Mm -hmm. And like, and I think about like the part of me that does that. Like I live like this, like my mantra is like path of least regret. Like I want to live the Mm -hmm. path of least regret. And so if I don't speak up in this moment, will I have regrets? And I've learned, you know, the way that I have to approach it is pause if 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 me not saying something could send the message that people in my audience are not safe to be here i'm mm-hmm. going to make sure i speak up mm-hmm. if but i have to do something in private in order to do it in public because it's just like an easier way for me to be like okay i'm going to like just talk about it on the internet and like my job is done and so yeah. for me like because i want my integrity is really important to me so i'm like okay i have to like be doing more in private than I'm doing in public. And then I'm allowed to talk about it because the talking Ooh. in a lot of ways, other than that one element for me personally, yeah. other than that one element of, I want to make sure people know they're safe here. Oftentimes it's just because I'm pissed and I want to export that energy somewhere. <laughs> and yes. I want people to know that I'm angry and that they're wrong and that they should be ashamed of themselves and that this is bad. But then when I think about like, how do we actually change people's minds? Mm-hmm. That's not ever worked. <laughs> it's 
And so I'm like, nope. I know better. It's the harder route. The harder route for me is to sit with the pain, sit mm. with the discomfort, sit with their perceived wrongness, you know, or I mean, I think objective wrongness, mm-hmm. um, but sitting with that and trudging through the mud of actually trying to change their mind. It's just so, it takes so much more time. My type seven does not want to do that. No. It just takes so much more effort. Mm-hmm. I I love that. And I think that really this is one of the places where we 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 could apply that with a broader stroke that it is the being able to expel that energy by talking about it feels really great. And mm-hmm. it is only in very, very specific circumstances that it affects change. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in so many ways, I, I think it's important to acknowledge that we are two white women having this conversation. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, that's what white feminism became mm-hmm. was the the vocalization of this pain, the vocalization of expelling the energy and drawing attention to the wrongs without- And how it the, hurts us that other people are hurting. Yes. Sorry. No, that's exactly right. Please. Without the the action, without the interrogation, without the sitting with it and going, if if and when I acknowledge my privilege, acknowledge where I sit, acknowledge my own intersectionality, how how is my using my voice advocating for the least of these intersections, the least of this privilege? How is my my being able to expel this energy from myself, this discomfort that I'm feeling actually benefiting those most oppressed by the system or the structure that I am Mm. speaking out against. And it's hard to sit with that and so necessary. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think what we're describing here again is like that tension of like Mm -hmm. both and, and how hard that is. Of just, we it's much more complicated to hold the tension. It is. It's it's so nuanced, and and I mean, even to to take it a little lighter, it's so nuanced in in the online business coaching world that that mm-hmm. you ha- have come from and that I am currently in. It's so nuanced, and social media and the internet don't really like nuance. We mm-hmm. like a we like a pithy. A pithy little listicle, a pithy little meme, a one <laughs> sentence. But yeah. that's not how much of it works. Yeah. <laughs> Megan, I could talk to you for like three hours. I, I, we probably I, could. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm not even like ready to go yet. But um, I do want to make sure we do rapid fire because it's my favorite. Is Let's do is it. Is there anything lingering for you that you're like, I want to make sure I say this before we hit rapid fire? I... I really encourage folks, like, if the more you learn about ADHD or depression or anxiety or a variety of the whole bouquet of mental wellness identities that we have uncovered specifically in the pandemic, there's been a lot of media about, like, oh, this is, like, diagnoses are skyrocketing during the pandemic, but are they real? Well, Mm -hmm. yes. The reason they're skyrocketing is because the rug was pulled out from underneath all of us and all of the structures Mm -hmm. we had in place to support ourselves and really to make up for where, I I don't want to say lacked, but 
for the purposes of right now, I'm just going to say like where your either your skills or your support lacked, when that's gone, you kind of can't do anything but sit with the reality of, oh, I am, I am not handling, I am not handling this at all. Mm-hmm. And, and that's okay. So the, I mean, if you find yourself identifying with, with the memes more often than not, talk to a professional, talk to your friends. Also, if most of your friends have ADHD or autism or like, mm, that's probably, yeah. probably a small little sign. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, okay. Are you ready for rapid fire? Yes, let's do it. Okay. The first book that comes to mind. <sighs> the 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 Wednesday Wars by Gary D. Schmidt. I could see the cover of the book and I couldn't think of the name. <laughs> <laughs> you did great. Uh, favorite song. Um it's by Billy Bragg and Waco, and I can't think of the name right now. Something about in the yonder. It's beautiful. I can sing the harmonies. What is the name? <laughs> I'm terrible at this. Oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh no, you're you're totally fine. I think people at home are gonna be like, oh, I know the name of that song. They'll know. Um, I'm not good at I don't know any songs or any musicians. I'm very bad about it. I actually am growing my music listening, like my like taste by listening to the music that people tell me to listen to, their favorite songs. Way over yonder um, in the minor key. Billy Bragg and Done. Figured it out. Sweet. <laughs> Something you wish people knew about you. <laughs> that I will fight you. <laughs> I love to be so amiable and like be friends with anyone. If you, and this is where I used to think that I probably had a one wing. No, it's uh-huh. definitely an eight because if you fight with someone I love, I will fight you. I'm coming. <laughs> I love it. Your dream day, what are you doing? Oh, uh, so many. I'm at the ocean or at a lake, a big ass body of water, big cooler of all all the cool drinks, all the snacks, a good book, good people. And if this is a dream day, I don't need sunscreen, but in reality, a tub of sunscreen that I've that has a timer attached to it so I never have to remember to reapply it just dings at me and oh time to slather up yeah I love that your uh final meal what are you eating Mm. what comes to mind is a Thai fried chicken restaurant here in Portland it is called Hat Yai they do a Thai fried chicken with a homemade spicy sweet curry sauce, homemade roti, pickled vegetables, sticky rice, roasted Brussels sprouts, roasted asparagus. Oh, my entire mouth just filled with saliva thinking about it. (laughs) That sounds like heaven. That sounds amazing. It's if anyone, if you are a meat eater and you visit Portland, you need to go to Hat Yai for just get the basic chicken combo with all the it. Oh, oh, it's so good! (laughs) It's so good. Um, and some food for thought, something people can leave thinking about today. 
I'm going to reference a tattoo I have on my inner arm. It is from the book Frindle, uh, which is about a kid who, in learning about language, decides to make up a word, a new word for pen, and calls it Frindle. And this all gets started when he is <laughs> goading on his English teacher. And the quote that I have on my inner arm is, and Mrs. Granger took the bait. Who says dog means dog? You do, Nicholas. And it's a reminder for me that we imbue language with meaning, that mm. that we have the power culturally to acknowledge it and change it, and that language is never static. Mm. That's incredible. Megan, for the people who are just as excited to meet you as I've been, where can they hang out with you? Where can they find you online? Uh, I am on the socials, mostly on Instagram. I am at with Megan Dowd, M-E-G-A-N-D-O-W-D. My website is withmegandowd.com. I also run a second business where if you're feeling like, I don't know where I fall, but I am definitely neurodivergent, that is your home. It is called Hello CEO. It is specifically built between me and my co-founder, Hannah Chester, to be a place of community and resource For folks who are building a business online, for folks who are building a small business, consider themselves an entrepreneur, but struggle with the resources that tend to be typically available because they don't necessarily meet various learning styles. They don't meet with how your brain works. uh, And we really want to change that. So hello, CEO. And with Megan Dowd, I love a soulful DM. Please, like, please introduce yourself. Please be polite. Say hello. Uh, Let me know who you are. (laughs) But shoot, shoot me a DM, shoot me an email. I love chatting with folks and getting to know who you are and how your brain works. What do you? What is your perspective on this crazy space rock we're all on? Mm-hmm. Megan, it was just an absolute joy to have you on the show. Thank you so much for your time and your wise words. It was your voice is really valued here. Thank you so much, Sarah Jane. This was absolutely wonderful. And I, I, I would be delighted to return someday because I'm pretty sure we could have talked for another two and a half hours without breaking a sweat. <laughs> Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.